सिराजे मुनीर कहिए जो सर्वसर है कला मेरा वो मेरे आका की जिंदगी है ये सुमारा करम है आका अमल की मेरे सास क्या है बजुज नामत के पास क्या सलामत तुम्हारी निस्बत मेरा तो एक बिस्मिल्लाम रेडियो रमदान एटी सेवन पॉइंट सेवन एफ एम और मीडियम वेव फिफ्टीन थर्टी से मैं हूँ आपका होस्ट जुबैर अक्रम प्रोग्राम है रिफ्लेक्शंस और हसब सबक मेरे मेहमान हैं शेख रजवान मोहम्मद आज नौ रमज़ानमबारक और आज इफ़ार का वक्त है आठ बज के बाईस मिनट इन आज हम सूरतरूम जो कि तीसवीं सूरत है कुरान हकीम की उसकी तफसीर और मानी को समझते हुए तकरीबन उन्नीस आयात हम पिछली आठ नशस्तों में कवर कर चुके हैं और इन आज की इन आयात को सुनने के बाद हम शेख को जहमत देंगे कि हम उन आयात पे सरासर गुफ्तु कर सकें आज की सुरारूम की आयात बिस्मिल And of his signs is that he created you from dust. Then suddenly you were human beings dispersing throughout the earth. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنْفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ And of his signs is that he created for you from yourselves mates that you may find tranquility in them and he placed between you affection and mercy indeed in that are signs for a people who give thought 
وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِلْعَالِمِينَ And of his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth and the diversity of your languages and your colors. Indeed, in that are signs for those of knowledge. صدق اللہ العظیم اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تم کو مٹی سے پیدا کیا پھر یکا یک تم بشر ہو کہ زمین میں پھیلتے چلے جا رہے ہو اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تمہارے لیے تمہاری ہی جنس سے بیویاں بنائیں تاکہ تم ان کے پاس سکون حاصل کر سکو اور تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت پیدا کر دی یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو غور و فکر کرتے ہیں اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے آسمانوں اور زمینوں کی پیدائش اور تمہاری زبانوں اور تمہارے رنگوں کا اختلاف ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں دانشمند لوگوں کے لیے صدق اللہ الدیم السلام علیکم شیخ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سو یسٹرڈے وی ان آر پریویس سیشن وی وی اسٹاپ اور وی اسٹارٹ لکنگ ایٹ دس کانسیپٹ آف من آیاتی ہی ایوری تھنگ از فرام اللہ اور دیر آر ٹو ریکگنائز اللہ سبحان و تعالیٰ دیر آر سیورل ویز آف ریکگنائزنگ ہم کنیکٹنگ ود ہم اینڈ ون we started looking at was that you start looking at the ayas the uh, the, mm. the the symbols or the markers of various things in this universe and today uh, we we start with this aya um you know the 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 ayat of having spouses mm-hmm. so aya number 21 so i mean have we, ha- we haven't completed the previous one which is but 1920 let me think 2021 so yeah so to understand the ayat you obviously have to understand the purpose of ayat which is their indicator signs markers for god's existence so there'll be a number of different um scenarios you would say mm-hmm. probably kind of um, pictures images that come to mind in these verses each of those are presented to in in, in a different way show you that the ayat are a whole conglomeration, a whole collective of um, you know, proofs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists in some way for somebody to kind of reflect upon them would be sufficient for them to do that. And so, yes, you know, the next verse will be about the creation of spouses and, um, you know, that in and of itself comes straight after the previous one. So there's a kind of sequencing here, mm. um, you know, some kind of sequencing in terms of where you know, the signs come up. Because a list is a list of signs. And you would say, well, this Allah is just creating a, a a list of signs. But I think, and I've not read this actually in any of the series I've mentioned, but I, I can see there's a kind of progression of signs. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ تُرَابٍ ثُمَّ إِذَا أَنْتُمْ بَشْرٌ تَنْتَشِرُونَ So this first verse that we kind of touched upon yesterday was that just from amongst his signs saying, and when Allah says, I said before, it indicates that there's so many others that we don't have the the time or context to to mention but there's so many so if you're a person of reflection you will understand that there you can just you know take these and, and then reflect upon so many other things as well 
but these are just a selection. It was like, you know, the top five, the top, it's not the top actually, it's just a selection of uh, five or six or seven signs that can allow somebody to think about what the purpose of life is. <clears throat> mm. So the previous one was that God created you, mm. you know, and so this is the fact of creation that Allah is al-Khaliq, is a, is a sign in of itself, that, you know, nobody else is a Khaliq, as we know. We have people that copy, we have people that augment, you know, slightly change, people that edit, you know, so people mm. are editing the genome and the chromosome cycle and kind of, you know, these kind of things are just, um, you know, cutting and pasting things. There's nothing being created. So when, you know, when they cloned the first animal, which was a sheep, it wasn't as if they had created something, they cloned it. Hmm. And so the, the first thing is the sign, the first sign that comes is the fact that God is the creator, Al-Khaliq, and nobody else is a creator in, in that sense. And and then Allah then adds another layer to that, which is Minturab, that indicating the scientific, um, science-based science um, process of bringing things into being, which is from organic matter. Turab is, is exactly that. And then Allah says that from that initial spot, that initial singularity of human beings, which is just this small collective, which as Muslims we believe to be um, Adam and Hawa, but also, you know, in other ways, the creation is also from, you know, a single organic um, source. Either antum bashrun tantashirun, and all of a sudden, this is, civilization comes from this creative force of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from something comes everything, and from nothing mm. comes Allah's initial creation. So God creates from nothing, as we said, mm. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates yubdi'ul khalqa. Yubdi' actually didn't mention it, but it means to start something without any prior context reform, whatever it is. So mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you're basharun yantashirun. And so this verse verse is just about the biological creation of human beings, because bashar in Arabic is from you know, kind of what's outward in terms of human form. It's the jutha, it's the, the body, it's the flesh and blood, the bones. Mm. With no spiritual, essentially no spiritual connotation. Mm. You know, when we say bashar, we don't, I mean, I don't know if people now use it like that, but in the Arabic, the classical Arabic, bashar just means the, the, the flesh, bone, body of a person. Um, devoid of any moral responsibility, ethical responsibility. Because at that point, you know, this is why, you know, you cannot deny the basharia of, say, for example, the Prophet mm. that the Prophet is a bashar, meaning that he had a body, mm. he had blood, he had bones, but blessed bloods and blessed bones, but you cannot deny the fact he was a bashar, mm. meaning you cannot deny that he was, you know, biologically the same as us in that sense, in the basic mm -hmm. sense. Leave aside the special qualities of the Prophet and the Imam Saluti mentions numerous ones. Mm. But just at that point, and this is why, <clears throat> you know, when the Quran talks about the Prophet <clears throat> and it tells him to say, I'm just a human being. And at that point, you could just say, well, he's exactly the same. So, for example, in Surah Al Kahf, you know, say, O Muhammad, that I am nothing but a, a, a you know, human, but a Bashar. Mm. So, Bashar means I'm. Like you, flesh, blood, bones. Not an angel, not made of light, but made of the things that you're made of. But then the, you add on to that, I'm a bashar as a, ve as a vessel or a receptacle, um, yuha ilay. And that idea of adding on the fact that he then is a vessel of receiving God's revelation makes him special. Mm. 
mm-hmm. And so that then, you know, this verse is just saying the basic, the biological function of God created from basic soil, and then you are just flesh, blood, bones, tantashirun, biologically. Because tantashir, mm-hmm. this means you're just procreating. Like mm-hmm. the world has, what, like 8 billion people on, on it now. Um, I think there's actually studies saying that the population is going to go into decline because the more affluent people become, generally go out of poverty, the less children they have, the less children they have, the less the world will be able to repopulate itself. And so there's studies of the fact that it's going to, the, the population is going to plateau actually and then go into decline because there won't be enough people to reproduce who are mm. young. So mm. there's a kind of all these projections usually, you know, are right or wrong you find out 25 years later whether they're right or wrong but the point is this verse is just about the biological function of it yeah so you know bashar is used as as contrasting to insan hmm. so you know if you said insan then it's it, it, the verse completely changes to an ethical moral creation Cause, mm-hmm. Because the moment that you say insan, you're adding in this idea of responsibility, you're adding on this idea of um, forgetfulness and choice. So, so the Bashar is translated in English as human being. Mm-hmm. And insan? In, well, I don't care what it's translated. I'm saying the Arabic Bashar would be the flesh, the jutha, which was the equal, mm. the kind of, the, the, this, the physical blood, bones, skeleton of the person with everything that gives him life. Mm, so mm. Bashar is essentially, you know, Bashara. Bashara is a good omen. And the good omen comes just like from us, from the outwards, you just get a sign outwardly. And skin is also called from the same root in Arabic. Mm. You know, um, so you have, you know, the skin, it comes from the same Bashara. Uh, which means the outward thing that you see. So it's a physical description. Insan is different because insan is human being. And that is related to the ability of human beings to have, you know, a number of qualities that mark us as being special. You know, وَلَكَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ Allah says, كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ So Bani Adam is another layer over insan. So you have Bashar, then you have, you know, say, insan, and then you had Bani Adam, which is the sons of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, and daughters of Eve. Insan is, you know, comes from either to forget, which means that you um, you are forgetful of your covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or you're generally forgetful, or it comes from uns, which is to do with being sociable and affable and, you know, hospitable in some way. And it can also come from uh, inas, which is to understand and to reflect and to think. Mm-hmm. You know, so the moment that you, if Allah said, إِذْ أَنْتُمْ أُنَاسٌ تَنْتَشِرُونَ The meaning would become completely different. Basharun and Unas, you know, would be, give a completely different meaning because here, it, you know, it shows that if you translate it, it just says, oh, you're human beings spreading over the earth. So the, 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 sign, <coughs> the sign is not insan, the sign is Bashar. Yeah, because this is at the kind of biological level, I think. This is at the kind of creation. Remember, خَلَقَكُمْ God created you. Mm. Um, and then the creation is of the, the the physical form of you and how you spread it biologically. So it's very bio. I, I think it's a very biological um, verse as a sign. So the focus is on the biological uh, indication of God existing 
from sorry the indication of God existing from the biological perspective yeah. that you're able to produce and, and spread in, in the way that you do and multiply mm. and I if it said insan it would be different because if Allah says you know either antum unasun tantashirun Mm. Then it adds in this moral quality, which is you have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nisyan is like this idea of quality of forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or having social qualities, uh, inas, which is to me to have like affability and being, you know, somebody who cares for other human beings, sociability. Mm. So, and having knowledge, being able to collect knowledge and record knowledge, all those are in the context of insan. But Allah doesn't say that. Allah says, Basharun tantashirun. And you'll find that in the Quran, Imam Isfahani mentions that every time you find Bashar mentioned in the Quran, what's what's required to be understood is the physical, you know, the jutha kind of the physical, you know, form of the human being rather than any moral, ethical meaning that you can add. Because that's what comes from insan. Insan is a much more elevated, much more respected. You know, this is what Allah says, Hal ata al did they not come upon the, the, the insan a time when within which they were not worthy of being mentioned because in the context of insan is this idea of moral quality and it's telling human beings you, you, you're you a very elevated person you know you're beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have a great destiny if you work for it and um, you know that's the thing that we kind of um, we strive to, to so, achieve yes. Just uh, although it's not directly connected to this uh, verse, but you, you mentioned in passing, uh, Bashar, uh, Prophet Sallam being Bashar, mm -hmm. and just from a vantage point, from really objective point of view, refresh our memories. There is this debate that goes on: is Prophet Sallam mm -hmm. Bashar or Nur? Mm -hmm. And then there is this allegation over each other, lack of respect or more respect because you don't believe in the mm -hmm. qualities uh, of Prophet as the, the, the reflection of God or Prophet to, to believe in Prophet in, in the bodily form that we all are mm -hmm. seems to be disrespectful by some. What, what is, if you could summarize what the thinking is and what we should have as our understanding on that matter yeah so i mean that's kind of different yeah different issue but um yeah from kind of <clears throat> from what i kind of understand of it there is you know i think this is a subcontinent thing i don't think it's it's really existed anywhere else in muslim history and the way that it's okay. existed in india pakistan among scholars there for some reason and i think it's very unfortunate that an issue like that becomes an issue because it shouldn't be an issue because the, you know, the Quran does say, and this is why you know the verse. I think I, I may have mentioned this when I've spoken talking about Bashar, when Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf, "Qul inna ma ana Basharu mithlukum, say, O Muhammad, that I am nothing more than a human, meaning Bashar, like you." So mm. people say, "Look, there you go. He's a Bashar," and then you know the point is that you stop there, and then you say he's a Bashar, because if you're intent by saying he's a Bashar, like we're Bashar, then that's disrespectful because what are you in what way? I mean, obviously the Prophet gets health, he has health and he has illness. Mm. Absolutely true. He has, um, you know, those things. But then you have this quality that the verse itself means, which is he's a special Bashar. Which of you gets revelation? And so, okay, the, you know, imagine like, a, you know, my, my wife bought a jug yesterday. So she's so happy. 
jug. No, within the the jug. <laughs> so she feels so proud that she bought a jug yesterday. So it's like in the middle of the table. So yeah. that 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 jug, you can put whatever you want in it. Hmm. Like you can put water, you can put iron brew. If you put iron brew, I think it will dissolve because it's made of copper. <laughs> it will probably dissolve or something. So you can put, you know, yeah, roi afza, mashallah. You can have the best yeah. of the the, the, the drink of jannah, as they say. Ifzaish of ruh. <laughs> yeah, so the, 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 no one's saying that the jug's not a jug made of copper. All we're saying is what's inside the jug. And mm. so the person that says, well, the Prophet is just a bishar, but, you know, no human being is marked by the vessel. It's what's in the vessel. Mm. And this is why the Arabs say that every every receptacle or vessel that is praised based on what's inside it, not the vessel itself. So mm. there's human beings, there's educated human beings, and there's uneducated. There's people who are human beings full of etiquette and manners and there's people that are uncouth um disrespectful as well there's people that have um a propensity towards slander and backbiting and there's people that don't so the the, the body is the same the, if you go to the doctor at the at the basic level at the kind of you know a and e accident emergency level of going to the hospital they're going to they're not going to look at your education status and that will change the way they diagnose you. Maybe later on, you know, if you're going to a really specialist, they might go into psychology, psychology of your body or something. Mm. But they just look at the jutha, which is high blood pressure, um, palpitations, and etc., etc. You know, whatever it is, high temperature, they will look at the jutha. Their job is not to look internally. And so the people that say that he is just, وسلم, is just a body, there is this sense that they are saying it because they feel the Prophet is being respected too much. So they're, they stop you know, and say he's just a human because they feel that the Prophet is being over-respected. Is and there so, such a thing as being over-respected? Well, I mean... Uh, well, well, or, yeah, so the Prophet said, لا تطروني كما أطرت النصارى عيسى بن مريم in Sahih al-Bukhari. Do not over-exalt um, me you know, to, to grand, grandize me to the point that it becomes like the, the children of Israel who became the followers of the Prophet Isa and then they said he is the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now, for me that the hadith is very clear because it's saying that don't become like the people that said that God has a son hmm. You know, so claiming divinity for the Prophet nobody in, in the history of Islam that I know of, any sect I've studied, inshallah, enough to know that there's no sect that I know of that has claimed divinity for the Prophet And there's sects in Islam that have claimed divinity for other hmm. Muslims, you know, companions, certain companions, <clears throat> in some way, but never, it's one of the amazing miracles of the Prophet that never happened, despite this amazing sublimity of his being, Sallallahu And so there's never, there's never, a, a, there was never, a, I think this was one of the, the protections the Prophet was given, is that there was never the opportunity or the possibility of me over um, praised, hmm. you know, and and that is comes from the companions, the ones that were around him praised him in ways that, you know, are sufficient, like uh, um, you know Hassan bin Thabit or um, you know Abdullah bin Rawaha or even Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu. He said, "Aminun," uh, you know, "Amin al-Mustafa," you know, so he called him the Al-Amin al-Mustafa. Um, you know, so every single perfect quality was described to the Prophet by the companions. They never went overboard in saying something about him that was not the case. And so all you have to do is say he's a human being but has special qualities, that he's given revelation. 
Mm. And that is, in and of itself is sufficient. And then the other aspect of it is that people say, well, he is not a human being. But you cannot say that it's kufr to say that Prophet is not a human being, he's not bashar. Because mm. the Quran says he's a bashar. But you have to add it and say he's a special human being. And you would say from the perspective of being a guide, like a light. So, as the Quran says, there has come to you from Allah nurun wa kitab, a light and a book. So a light and a book, what does that mean? Imam Alusi and actually the majority of the scholars of tafsir say categorically, I mean majority meaning the vast, vast majority of scholars, they say the nur here is the Prophet because when Allah says there's come to you from God a light and then it says a book which is a Quran, it can't be the same thing. You know, so we know the book is from God and it's a type mm. of light described as being a light from Allah. But why repeat it in the same context to say that God has sent you a light and a book and mm. it's the same thing? You would say in Arabic, to properly say it, you would say Kitabun Munawwara, for example, you would say an enlightened book. You wouldn't repeat Kitabun, Nurun wa Kitab, you know, lightened book. You would say enlightened book. And so it's poor Arabic grammar to say that the nur here is the Qur'an and the kitab is the Qur'an because it just makes very um, poor use of the Arabic language which is beyond what we'd associate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his qualities as being the speaker in this context, al-mutakallim. Mm. So Allah is mutakallim, the speaker of the Qur'an. And so that's why you you you, you kind of balance the two things which is Prophet is bashar and he is also light because he guides. Hmm. And that's it, finished, you, there's no problem. The problem is that people think that he's praised too much, but I don't think in history, Islamic history, we've never seen that. Because the companions, you know, over 300 of them wrote poetry and, and praised the Prophet Very elevated poetry, very, very, um, you know, heartfelt poetry, which was almost, you would say, you know, if you translate it, you would say, well, this is um, exaggerated. But hmm. the companions said it in front of the Prophet Hmm, hmm. You know, so there's, yeah. I mean, we always go back to the Salaf, the first community, to see how much they they loved and praised the Prophet how they spoke about him, how they, you know, um, you know, they consumed, you know, like, um, you know, they consumed even to the point of the blood of the Prophet mm. You know, so you had companions <clears throat> like Abdullah, the son of Asma Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the Prophet cupped himself, he had, he, he had, you know, cupping, he had cupping done. And he asked him to take it away and dispose of it. And uh, the Prophet said to him, And then, you know, he went away, Abdullah went away and he came back. And the Prophet said, what did you do with the the, the, um, the blood? And he remained silent. And, he, and the Prophet said, did you, you, did, you, you drank it, did you not? And then, you know, he admitted it and the Prophet said, May Allah protect you from people, and may people be protected from you. You know, you know, he made a dua for him because hmm. Abdullah, um, bint Asma, you know, son of Asma bint Abi Bakr was um, Abdullah bin Zubair. Actually, yes, Abdullah bin Zubair. He was obviously killed in um, the whole episode with the Umayyads in hmm. the in the kind of siege of Mecca al Mukarramah, the time of Hajjaj bin Yusuf. So that, that mean that indicates the tender companions, the Basharia of the Prophet was never denied, but the, the special quality of you know consuming that kind of thing, which we would find um, intriguing at the, to say the least, you know, to, mm. to drink somebody's blood, we would find extremely intriguing. Um, they did, or individuals amongst them did do it. So this shows like they had a perception of the Prophet that is not like our perception. So 
Um, I think the Quran is clear on that. He is the most blessed of human beings, and the most blessed of you know Bashar, and the most blessed of in, uh, Unas, Insan, and Nas. You know, from that perspective as well. So this first verse is a very biological verse. You know, and that. Sorry, this is reflections. Uh, time for a short <coughs> ad break. Uh, at Ridi Ramadan, 9th of Ramadan today, uh, 8.22 is Iftar, uh, Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad on Surah Al-Rum, uh, 30th Surah, and inshallah after the break we'll be going on to ayah number 21 of uh, this 30th Surah of Quran. Ad break and we'll be right back. ومن آياته أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ومن آياته أن خلق لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا لتسكنوا إليها وجعل بينكم مودة ورحمة ان في ذلك لايات لقوم يتفكرون اور یہ سورۃ سورۃ الروم کی آیات ہیں جو اپ کے سامنے رکھی گئیں اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تم کو مٹی سے پیدا کیا اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تم کو مٹی سے پیدا کیا اور پھر یکا یک تم بشر ہو کے زمین میں پھیلتے چلے جا رہے ہو اس کی ایک ذیلی بحث کے طور پہ شیخ نے ہمیں نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی مثال دیتے ہوئے کہا کہ جس طرح سے ہم بشر ہیں اسی طرح سے اس حیثیت میں اللہ رب العزت نے اپنے پیارے حبیب صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کو بھی ایک بشر کی حیثیت سے پیدا کیا اور اس بشر اور اس بشریت میں جو فرق ہے وہ کار نبوت ہے اور وہی ہے اور اللہ رب العزت کے ساتھ براہ راست تعلق ہے جو عام انسانوں کا نہیں ہے اور اس وجہ سے اللہ کے اللہ کے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم پہ وہ جو نورانیت ہے وہ ہمارے عقیدے کا حصہ ہے اس طرح سے اگلی آیت ہے کہ جس میں کہا گیا اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تمہارے لیے تمہاری ہی جنس میں سے بیویاں بنائیں ہم شیخ سے پوچھیں گے کہ ازواج کا یہ ترجمہ بیویاں جو ہے وہ درست ہے یا اس کا کچھ اور ترجمہ ہونا چاہیے تاکہ تم ان کے پاس سکون حاصل کرو اور تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت پیدا کر دی یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو غور و فکر کرتے ہیں سو شیخ دس آیا آیا نمبر ٹوینٹی فاتحہ 
that you know I think people hear about because it's recited in the in the marriage ceremonies. Women ayatihi an khalaqalakum min anfusikum azwajalitaskunu ilayha. So it's from his signs, and again numerous signs, is that he created for you from amongst yourselves, from the best of you. You know, anfusikum can mean the best or the or the or from amongst you yourselves as human beings. Um from Bashar actually because you know, it's because the previous verse is connected to this. Azwajan Azwaj is is like a, a peer, a couple. So as a couple is something that um complements something else. So as a, a, a pair and a zawj only make sense together. So what's interesting is the previous verse is talking about the biological function and it says tantashirun. But then, you know, how do how do human beings tantashirun? How do human beings spread over the earth? Is it like, you know, fish that give rise to you know, you know, they have essentially, you know, they don't have like spouses in the way that we think of spouses. They have the copulation and then the, the the fish is pregnated um just while in the ocean or the river and it just gives out all these eggs and then they hatch and then they become, you know, fish. Mm. So there's different ways that, you know, other species spread. You can just watch any biological Bi- you know, biology channel, and they'll kind of show all the different varying ways that in which you know animals procreate or organisms procreate. But in the in the case of human beings, beyond the biological is this idea that God has created a special um, institution, a special psychological disposition within human beings that they they have to do it in the most intimate, but in the most heightened of ways, which is not just to have a sexual urge, but to have it as some kind of means for a higher purpose. And that higher purpose is, you know, essentially to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But here it's, the indication is couples, azwaj. Mm. Not mm. husbands, not wives, but couples. Um, and also that's based upon the fact that when Allah says, lakum, created for you, it doesn't mm. mean like he's created a woman for you or a man for you. It means lakum, like this is the way that God has set things out for males and females. That from your own selves, like the hu- human species, He's created partners. And so that's the first thing. So this is like a, you know, as I was saying in passing that these verses of signs, almost there's a, I, I can see, I, from looking at them, you can, you can see a kind of, let me just have a look at them actually. Um, I think you can kind of, some kind of sequencing of um, the signs, you know, from one type of sign to another. Um, yeah, I think so. They're, they're, I mean, the next verse, min ayati khalaqa, yeah, so the I think there is a different sequencing here. And we'll go into that inshallah if I don't forget. But the point here is this is all about creating partners from yourselves, partners, males, females. And it says, what's the purpose of that? There's a purpose which is this idea of tranquility and stillness. Teskunu means to live, it needs to, it means to inhabit something, but it also means to inhabit it so that you gain tranquility. So what's understood is that before the tranquility is turbidity and agitation. You know, so the natural form of the human being is to find tranquility. And in certain ways, the the singularity of a person, you know, the, the, the fact that they're not in unison with another couple will naturally in most situations create turbidity and, and um, agitation within the soul. So this is, you know, saying... It's to create tranquility, which 
and the mafhum mukhalif is that without it you have turbidity and um, agitation within the soul hmm. and so Allah is telling you look the purpose to be human beings being created which is a biological purpose and then there's a psychological spiritual purpose to how you then you know tantashirun which is there's a way of doing it so you have couples you don't just have the way that animals copulate which they just like roam and copulate and this is why one of the signs of the end of time is that human beings will copulate animals copulate and have intercourse like animals have intercourse that's going back to the, just the biological function the Quran is saying to, to come towards them your azwaj you know and and, and it's ha as, as, ilayha, it doesn't mean women it means azwaj is plural therefore it goes back to the pl- plural so it creates spouses you know males and females for yourselves and God then gives you and grants from Himself, Subhanahu wa Taala, two qualities which are muadda and warahma. Muadda is love, affection, and um, attraction, but more specifically, just a, a, a loving concern. And the rahma is mercy. Hmm. And so this verse is all about the institution of of um, regulating how couples exist. On one hand, but also on the other hand, if you think about it, it's what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promise you if you enter into this this contract of sakina? Because Taskunu Sakina is the same thing. Allah says that He will, you know, if you enter into it, you will get sakina. And then what you will also get is muwaddata wa rahma. It's almost as if God has given you gifts on the day of your commencing a married life, which is you have the promise of tranquility as a starting package and you have you know a pack a pack which contains muadda which is love and then you're also given the rahma it's almost as if you're told look this is what you need to have a successful marriage you have to have love but love's not sufficient you also have to have rahma which you need more of rahma than love because love is the thing that you use when everything's going well and rahma is the thing that you use when you know things are going bad and um, you know in modern societies the pressures on on families and and couples specifically are, are are on the basis of the fact that there's so many reasons why couples will fall out, have mm. difficulties, go through difficult patches, and at that point, the Quran is almost advising you that you know the love is there, but this is not when you use the love. This is the point at which you use the rahma. It's like a toolbox. You know, you have a toolbox, or yeah, it's a, t- a survival kit. So the survival kit of, kit of marriage is a box of marriage, a box of um, mercy, not a box of roses and a box of gold. It's basic human uh, qualities that will make a successful marriage. And so that that's the verse. It's a very interesting one because it, it goes beyond biological to the institution of marriage and the psychological requirements of that. Indeed, in this is a sign for those that reflect. Because reflection is something that you do when you need to sort something out and you need to find out the reason for something. And so this is why I think this, this verse is so interesting. Is, is It's a sign for people that reflect. Because you will need to reflect about these such sometimes. Because if you misuse muadda, you misuse rahma, you have a marriage which is just full of love and no mercy. You have love that can go beyond bounds in terms of, you know... Um, the effects of love, it can go beyond the bounds in terms of rahmah. You have to have both, and Allah is just giving you an idea that these are the things that are, you know, almost like you know, some life coaching. These are the things that will lead to a successful 
um, you know, marriage situation between a couple. So uh, an of his signs is that he has created mates from you, from your own kind. Mm-hmm. So um, Azwaj, what's the, what's the translation for Azwaj? Spouses, spouses, spouses. is a, a couple, a couples meaning spouses. So a spouse well, is a male or female. How do you see this? That most, not most, all Urdu translations is translated as wives, not couples. Well, I mean, azwaj means couple, and the couple is you know couple together, and and it's based upon the fact that you know it depends who you think is being addressed. So mm-hmm. if you think women ayatihi and khalaqa lakum lakum for you males, then you can say okay. Unless we're into LGBT territory, <laughs> we're going to say it's the opposite is going to be a female, and then obviously you're thinking well the azwaj will be the wife. Mm-hmm. But then the Quran, the rule so in are, are, you know, are, are we saying that Quran? No. So let me finish. So the, okay. the the basic rule in Quran is that any you know, pronoun which is gendered for males is applicable to females equally unless proven otherwise. Okay. And here because, you know, Azwaj in other contexts, such as Surta Nisat, Azwaj comes up as wives. Because the context is that you know that Qum, for you, males, is going to be for males, husbands. Hmm. But in this context, because it's talking about the generality of signs, and it's not related to the rules of gender per se or rules of family or or family ordering or law you have to take it to the general rule which is that it refers to lakum means for your for you as human beings males and females has created for you spouses hmm. literally is from you males you males literally but the rule in arabic in in the quran is that Lakum or kum is used for both unless you prove otherwise. It's a generality. Isfahani, Raghab al-Isfahani mentions that and others mention it as well. It's like a given it's a given rule. And I think so what would happen in in the situation you're talking about with the where people translate it as wives, they're taking the exception from Surah Nisa, for example, and then they're mm. saying, okay, this applies because Azwaj and, and males are mentioned, Azwaj means wives, that's not the case. What's the emphasis? I, I, I can't understand this. Is there a purpose of this emphasis? Yes, so the, 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 the purpose I, I would say is, you know, if, if you take, the best way of understanding these kind of things is to take the word out. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and from his signs is that he created for you partners. Mm-hmm. So, what does min and fusikum indicate? You know, what what do you think it indicates? That's the way you understand because there's no particle of Arabic in the Quran that's you know extra. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So there's nothing that's they're just thrown in for the you know in Arabic poetry you have. Words thrown in or letters thrown in for al wazan, for example, or ziyadatun sila ziyada or something. They have different ways of saying, it, but it's essentially it's extraneous, but just to fill up the empty gaps. Mm-hmm. In the Quran, you don't have that, so they say sila instead of zaid or extra. But here it's not. It's min anfusik min anfusikum. Is there for a very specific? What do you think? I mean, what what difference does it make from to the meaning when you say min anfusikum? There is an emphasis that. 
you know, the, the, the boundaries of having interaction. In what way, uh, like, explain that. Hmm. No, this is, for me, it's this, uh, you know, I, I don't want to lay into the people that translated it as wives, but this verse should, this, this section should indicate very clearly that it shouldn't be wives, because means, you know, in, in the marriage situation, you have oppression taking place from both sides, psychological mm. oppression or physical oppression. It can come from the male or the female. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min anfusikum, it's basically that you're equal in this um, journey together because you're from each other, min anfusikum. Yeah. You know, essentially there's a shared um, source, there's a shared, shared quality essentially in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because anfusikum is nufus, nufus are the same. Mm. You know, nufus are equally valuable in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you're a soul. And so when Allah says min anfusikum, it's it's I think it's, it's blocking off this idea of you can of oppression that is inevitable within any kind of dynamics of a couple. And this is why Allah says that. And then he says Azwajin Litaskunu ilayha to have tranquility. So it's like an emphasis of the tranquility, which is look, these are people from yourselves, and you should get married to have stability and tranquility and peace. Would you say it's, it's almost a command? You must get married to have tranquility. If you are not married, you will not have tranquility. No, it's not. It's not that the the general. Um, if you're married, is, the best thing is if you're married, you will gain tranquility. So if you're married, this is what you should be getting: tranquility, love, mercy. Not that you have to get married to get tranquility, because we have great scholars, great no, it's just scholars, just human beings that never got married. Yeah. And so uh, you can Imam Ghazali never got married? Um, Imam Ghazali, I think he probably did. Imam Nawi mm. never got married. Mm. Um, so m many great Ibn Taymiyyah never got married. You know, so there's numerous great, great um, scholars that, you know, famous people that didn't get married. And, and, you know, the thing here is that Muslim culture has a different understanding of marriage is the kind of general rule which accepts um, exceptions for exceptional people, meaning people that just don't have a urge for it. But even those people, you know, in the Sharia, Imam Malik said it's still mustahab, recommended to get married, even if you have no desire to get married. Whereas Imam Shafi'i says that it's, you know, min al nawafil for a person of equal status to get married or not. It's like a extra thing you do. But, you know, the, the thing is that everybody has inclination, some people have no inclination towards marriage. And we know nowadays, the, the, you know, this whole thing, the LGBT lobby group, which is a very aggressive, pernicious and, and I would say destructive, extremely destructive force as a lobby group because the fact it tells people that you have to be of a certain nature. And Islam always had this flexibility to allow people just to not be, in, you know, kind of involved in marriage because it didn't say you have to. If a person has a disposition, they can be not married, they can be... Celibate. So mm. Imam Abdul Fattah Baghudda actually, just as I remember, is has got a book on this, um, on the on the famous personalities that died as, um, you know, as bachelors or or spinsters. You know, mm. women or men who who went their whole life without a partner did not mean that they'd have um, sukun and sakina. It just meant that they need they didn't need marriage to have that tranquility. 
So there are people who don't need it to. It's not as if you will not get but, but, but tranquility with that. It's a, it, well, I don't think. Yeah, it's probably as an exception because remember, people are biological. Mm. And so agitation. So when God says He created you from dust, and then all of a sudden, either antum bashrun tantashirun. Tantashir means this kind of you just start to spread because you you're you're biologically reproducing. Because mm. that's a natural thing. I mean, we're at the end of the day we're bashar. That's why I was saying the whole emphasis on bashar when I said human beings as bi biology as biological function is because you you spread and you copulate and you. You you know you reproduce, and then this verse is just bringing some kind of um, civilization to this this discussion, which is okay. There's there's ways of psychologically doing this, which is good for you, because if you just keep reproducing and copulating as like animals do, you'll never have tranquility. There's a higher purpose to life, and that higher purpose is to have tranquility in your soul. You can get that from many different ways, but for most people. Who are just fixated with the animal soul, mm. and are uh, uh, you know a nafs al amara until they mature as a, as a soul, they will always just be in this addictive state of eating, drinking, having intercourse. You know, next day same thing, next day same thing, and that's what you find in societies that you know quote unquote are very civilized. That's basically what life's become. And unfortunately, it trickles down to other societies that had a much better, like the Muslim societies had a much elevated understanding of it. And then, unfortunately, they will fall down the same trap as well. And so it's an and exception, but it's not it's not, um, it's not excluding these people from tranquility and, and, and so on. And interesting that uh, there is a contrast. Uh, there is day, there is night, there is life, there is death. Mm -hmm. And you indicated azwaj and litaskunu so there is um tribulation or there is um opposite of sukun if mm -hmm. you are not in this state so you're moving from one state to the next for most people i mean i wouldn't say like you an unmarried person is in a state of agitation and by marrying they come into a state of sukun it might be the person <laughs> i say this they'll be in a state of tranquility and they get married and they go into a state of agitation and and qalaq, you know, kind of the complete opposite, miskin or miskina, you know. So, um, you know, for most people, you know, it's, it's the, the rule, the general majority situation is people, you know, that's why people want to get married. They need yeah. to get married. Why not married? And there's all the, that's a kind of general thing. And so people that don't feel they need to get married, they're always saying, why are you telling me to get married? And so... This whole verse is saying, in general, in a general sense, you move from this agitation of needing to reproduce and have um, intercourse, but having it in a in a in a way that's permissible. By having it in a permissible way, you 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 end up having some kind of tranquility of the soul as well as or a psyche, and then that's the majority. But you know, you can imagine people that are in a state of sukun and sakina before, and they will get agitated when they get married. And so that's why you have these great people that didn't get married because they knew that we'd get into a state of a lack of tranquility. Oh, remember, this oh. is a this remember you're just trying to grapple with the biological function of people. So this verse is tying on to the previous one, which is that he created you from dust and then you're reproducing. And so his sign is that he's created for you from amongst yourselves, you know, partners to gain tranquility. So it's a kind of trajectory, a kind of. I see a, a kind of a journey here between 
from the basic thing of biology to civilizing in some way or organizing the biology in some way mm. for a psychological purpose. And then the next verse, um, you know, in Ayatihi, خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ is the creation of the heavens and the earth, meaning the creation, وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ and is the differentiation of your tongues and your colors. And mm. this is, again, this is interesting because this goes to like the civilizational aspect of um, human beings. So you've got the biology, then you've got the how do you order biology properly, which is through marriage for its psychological purposes. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he's created the heavens and the earth. And he's created the differences of your tongues, meaning your languages, which mm. is essentially the way that you create civilizations and, and different cultures and tribes. They have different tongues, different ways of speaking. Al-Wanikum is the way that you differentiate and say, well, this person is from that geographical location or that geographical location. Again, it's the idea of diversity. So civilizational human diversity as well, beyond just the biological need of marrying and copulating and, and reproducing. This verse starts to talk about the fact that God's created the heavens and the earth and the function of language and the function of identification through, you know, just the natural beauty of different colors that people have. Mm -hmm. Indeed, in this are signs for people that know. Alimin is the people that have already, you know, almost alimin is like scientists. Because hmm. alim is like a, knowledge, a scholar. But scholar is a general term, which means people that know languages. So it's translated as wise or those who know. Hmm. Alimin is literally scientists. You know, alim is a scholar scientist. So it's almost as if, you know, mapping out languages, mapping out different races, cultures is also a way of, you know, understanding that, you know, where does all this differentiation come from? Where does all this diversity come from? You know, Imam Malik radiallahu was asked by Harun al-Rashid for a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence. And he says, He said the difference and the differentiation and the variation of people's um, you know, tongues, languages, and their colors. It's because a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a proof that God exists, not a sign of Allah. He, because a sign of Allah would just be a general thing. Like this is a sign. He's, oh. He asked me for a, He asked him for a proof. And he said, The different, the, the variation of your, your tongues and your languages. So your languages and your, and your, and your tribes and your cultures. You know, and the reason for that is, there has to be, you know, how do, why do we have differences rather than everything being the same? Mm. You know, why is there variation? Why is there variation? Otherwise, you know, essentially saying, why, is this th why do things exist in the way they do rather than not exist or just exist in one way? Why is it not just one sound in the universe, one color in the universe, one type of being in the universe? You know, so why is it just one type of creature in the universe? Mm. Because mm. there's differentiation. The whole purpose of differentiation, remember, is to identify things. And so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Adam, or taught Adam, God taught Adam all the names, the names for a way of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because the moment you start to say, this is an apple, this is a, a cat, this is you know a building or whatever, you start to indicate, and through these you understand, this is life, this is death, this is happiness, this is sadness. This is right, this is wrong, this is truth, this is falsehood. This is God and this is the opposite. Mm. This mm. is the creator, this is the created. And so the difference, I mean, what I understand from Malik is that 
he's saying that by showing all the variations of things, you under, understand that there's some source to that variation. And so when you understand that there's makhluq, created tongues, languages, colors, sounds, you understand that they have to come from somewhere. The one that created sound, the one that created languages, the one that mm. created and allowed all these things to come into being. So Imam Malik's proof is one of the most devastating proofs ever produced because he's, he's, he's indicating that you have the differentiation in the universe is an indication of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existing because otherwise how do you, why do you have differentiation? So diversity is the proof. Diversity is the proof because the differentiation of things, sounds, colors, languages, peoples, multiverses, whatever it is, all these indicate that God exists because otherwise everything would be the same. You have to have an initiator to bring everything into being. And this, and so ikhtilaf, this ikhtilaf is, how is this a source of tranquility or mercy to humankind? No, it's not. It's not. I mean, he doesn't mention that. This verse is separate. I mean, ayatihi. From his science, his creation of the heavens and the earth, and within that, the differentiation and the alternation of your your tongues, or the the spread of your tongues, this is a way that you've you know you know you know essentially what it's saying is this is a sign for people that have knowledge. So why is it? It's because you know the the languages and the tongues don't differentiate, and don't give priority to one person over the other. You know. It's a sign, it's not a means of superiority or inferiority. You know, the sign of a tongue or a language is not an indicator of a person's superiority or inferiority. The colour of a person is not um, a sign of inferiority or superiority or privilege, as they say nowadays in the kind of um, critical race theory, you have, you know, have this kind of whole thing about, you know, white privilege and the fact that, you know, civilization has been created by white people for white people and therefore... Um, black people or coloured people are sidelined. Mm. That's a whole kind of worms in and of itself. But the point is, God subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says that he, his signs that he's created the heavens and the earth and the variation of tongues and, you know, the colours. Now the point, the moment that Allah says is one of his signs, you cannot take it as a base of differentiation or discrimination. Mm. So, you know, this is the whole point. If, if, if Allah didn't mention this, you could say, well, these people speak this funny gibberish and look at these people, they're kind of pale and, and, and look like they've never seen the sun. And so you think, look at these poor white people who look like a piece of paper, you know, in <laughs> extreme reverse racism. You know, these are all things that you cannot do because Allah says, وَمِنْ ayatihi is from His signs. So you're going to mock God's signs. You're going to say, well, well, God should have just made everybody the same color as myself. Mm. Or, you know, I speak... Punjabi and therefore Punjabi is the most sweet language, meaty meaty language, blah blah blah. And therefore, why is everyone not speak Punjabi and, and speak gibberish? No, every 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 language and every articulation of meaning by sound through human language is a sign of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And if it's a sign, it needs to be respected. It can't be the base of of um, you know d discrimination or more or less you know no less than kind of aggression against somebody. And so it, it, it deals with so many different things. Reflections of Sheikh Razwan Muhammad. Um, just getting to the end of today's reflections. Uh, 9th of Ramadan. Today iftar is at 8.22. And today's two main ayats are in Urdu. I will give you the same words again. And it is that it has made your own lives. You have made your own 
تاکہ تم ان کے پاس سکون حاصل کرو اور تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت پیدا کر دی یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو غور و فکر کرتے ہیں آج کی اس ڈسکشن میں کانورسیشن میں جو اس آیت میں سے بہت سی نکات جو ہیں وہ ہمیں سمجھ میں آئے کہ کس طرح سے انسان کا سفر ایک ازدواجی زندگی میں ایک بے سکونی سے سکون کی طرف چلتا ہے اور اللہ تعالیٰ کا وعدہ ہے کہ تاکہ تم ان کے پاس ایک پرپز یہ ڈیفائن کیا گیا کہ نکاح کا تاکہ تم سکون حاصل کرو اور ایک بہت ہی امپورٹنٹ نقطہ ایٹ لیسٹ جو ہماری آج سمجھ میں آیا جو پہلے اس آیت کو پڑھتے ہوئے سنتے ہوئے کبھی ذہن میں نہیں آیا تھا وہ شیخ نے بتایا کہ تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت پیدا کر دی محبت کی ضرورت اس وقت ہوتی ہے جب سب چیزیں ٹھیک چل رہی ہوں اور رحمت کی ضرورت اس وقت ہے کہ جب آپ میں اختلافات ہوں اور آپ کے تعلقات میں نا ہمواری ہو اور نا ہموار جو تعلقات ہیں اس کے لیے ایک دوسرے پہ رحم کرنا درگزر کرنا معاف کرنا اس آیت میں اس پہ اشارہ کیا گیا ہے تاکہ تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت ہو یعنی محبت اور رحمت کی پیدائش جو ہے وہ دو الگ الگ چیزیں ہیں محبت کی ضرورت کسی اور وقت میں ہے اور رحمت کی ضرورت کسی اور سچویشن میں ہوا کرتی ہے پھر اگلی آیت وہ ہے اللہ کی نشانیوں میں سے نشانی یہ ہے کہ اللہ تعالیٰ نے انسانوں کو مختلف رنگوں میں اور مختلف زبان بولنے والوں کی طرح پیدا کیا اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے آسمانوں اور زمین کی پیدائش اور تمہاری زبانوں اور تمہارے رنگ اور تمہارے رنگوں کا اختلاف ہے یعنی زبان کی چوٹ لوگ ایک دوسرے پہ کرتے ہیں اور رنگ کی چوٹ ایک دوسرے پہ کرتے ہیں کہ کسی کی زبان ڈائلیکٹ پسند نہیں تو ہم اس پہ اس کا مذاق اڑاتے ہیں اور اگر رنگ کی وجہ سے ہم اپنے آپ کو دوسروں سے بہتر سمجھتے ہیں اللہ تعالیٰ نے اس آیت میں یہ بتایا کہ زبان کا اختلاف اور رنگ کا اختلاف اللہ کی نشانیوں میں سے ایک نشانی ہے اور یہ دانشمند لوگوں کے لیے ہی یہ نشانی عیاں ہوتی ہے اور عالم کا ترجمہ آج ہم نے سیکھا کہ ایک طرح سے سائنس دان کی طرح ہے کہ جو تمام کڑیوں کو ملا کر کے نتائج اخذ کرتا ہے شیخ فائنل فیو منٹس آف دس سیشن ٹوڈے اینڈ کوئک سمری آف ٹوڈے So, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So, this session, we've kind of started this amazing um, journey through a whole selection of signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creative power. And obviously, the signs are there to point towards a place or a thing or a, a phenomena, which is the fact that God's the creator, sustainer, and, um, you know, um, the worthy of being worshipped out of all the things that we have, that we know only Allah is worthy of worship. So, These are things that Allah starts off by saying وَمَنْ آيَاتِهِ from amongst his signs and he'll mention the biological signs of just reproducing and, and, and being in existence to the point that Allah will then now what we looked at today which is <coughs> subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that even the, the creation of people through you know reproducing needs some kind of wisdom which is marriage and the marriage is for couples to find three qualities essentially which is almost like promises from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is this actually of tranquility, this idea of uh, love and, um, you know, mercy. It's almost as if you could say that the gift of God on the day of a person's marriage for them to preserve is the fact that they are given tranquility as a promise, they're given love as a promise, they're given mercy as a promise. They're asked to now use the toolbox. And so this is the way that, you know, human beings will tantishiru, will spread. 
through an institution which will protect them as couples and also will produce children which will then again reproduce themselves through the same institution. And so that's kind of the, the way of you know arranging the biology of human beings through a higher purpose, a psychological, spiritual purpose. And then the next verse we looked at was on the fact that God created the heavens and the earth within which there are languages and colours. And so the, the kind of headline of that was the fact that if God has created them as signs, how can human beings take another person's language as a, as a, as a means of mocking them? How can a person take the colour of another person as a means of mocking them? So are you going to mock the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, whether it's positive or negative, racism, whatever it is, any discrimination based upon the, on the colour of a person's skin, essentially is a type of mockery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you're saying that God has created somebody inferior, somebody superior on the basis of language and on the basis, you know, of the colour of their skin. So this takes us to, you know, the next verse which we'll look at inshallah tomorrow, which is, again, a process and I, I think a kind of a gradation of signs because each of these signs I think builds on the other. The next one is actually the whole purpose of civilization and creating a way that you survive on earth which is through risk, through what you know what Allah says, Min Fadlihi, you know that you, you're on you're on earth light morning and night so that you seek Min Fadlihi. And inshallah that again will be the next layer because you, you have families how do you survive? How do you earn li earn a livelihood? Why is it a sign? Inshallah, we'll cover that inshallah tomorrow. Shaitwa. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah.